Act Two of The True Chronicle History of King Lear and His Three Daughters, Goneril, Regan, and Cordella, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One The Palace of the Gallian King. Enter the Gallian King with Mumford and three nobles more. Dissuade me not, my lords, I am resolved this next fair wind to sail for Brittany, in some disguise, to see if flying fame be not too prodigal in the wondrous praise of these three nymphs, the daughters of King Lear. If present view do answer absent praise, and eyes allow of what our ears have heard, and Venus stand auspicious to my vows, and fortune favour what I take in hand, I will return seized of as rich a prize as Jason when he won the golden fleece. Heavens grant you may. The match were full of honour, and well beseeming the young Gallian king. I would your grace would favour me so much, as make me partner of your pilgrimage. I long to see the gallant British dames, and feed mine eyes upon their rare perfections. For till I know the contrary, I'll say, our dames in France are far more fair than they. Lord Mumford, you have saved me a labour in offering that which I did mean to ask, and I most willingly accept your company. Yet first I will enjoin you to observe some few conditions which I shall propose. So that you do not tie mine eyes for looking after the amorous glances of fair dames, so that you do not tie my tongue from speaking, my lips from kissing, when occasion serves, my hands from congees, and my knees to bow to gallant girls, which were a task more hard than flesh and blood is able to endure. Command what else you please. I rest content. To bind thee from a thing thou canst not leave were but a mean to make thee seek it more, and therefore speak, look, kiss, salute for me. In these myself am like to second thee. Now hear thy task. I charge thee from the time that first we set sail for the British shore, to use no words of dignity to me, but in the friendliest manner that thou canst make use of me as thy companion, for we will go disguised in palmer's weeds, that no man shall mistrust us what we are. If that be all, I'll fit your turn, I warrant you. I am some kin to the blunts, and, I think, the bluntest of all my kindred. Therefore, if I be too blunt with you, thank yourself for praying me to be so. Thy pleasant company will make the way seem short. It resteth now that in my absence hence I do commit the government to you, my trusty lords and faithful counsellors. Time cutteth off the rest, I have to say. The wind blows fair, and I must needs away. Heaven send your voyage to as good effect as we your land do purpose to protect. Exeunt. Act Two, Scene Two. On the road to King Lear's palace at Troynovant. Enter the King of Cornwall, and his man booted and spurred, a riding wand, and a letter in his hand. But how far distant are we from the court? Some twenty miles, my lord, or thereabouts. It seemeth to me twenty thousand miles, yet hope I to be there within this hour. Then are you like to ride alone for me? To himself. I think my lord is weary of his life. Sweet Goneril, I long to see thy face, which hast so kindly gratified my love. Enter the King of Cambria, booted and spurred, and his man with a wand and a letter. Get a fresh horse. 
for by my soul i swear he looks on the letter i am past patience longer to forbear the wish sight of my beloved mistress dear ragan stay and comfort of my life now what in god's name doth my lord intend to himself he thinks he never shall come at journey's end i would he had old daedalus waxen wings that he might fly so i might stay behind for ere we get to troy no want i see he quite will tire himself his horse and me cornwall and cambria look one upon another and start to see each other there brother of cambria we greet you well as one whom here we little did expect brother of cornwall met in happy time i thought as much to have met with the soldan of persia as to have met you in this place my lord no doubt it is about some great affairs that makes you here so slenderly accompanied to say the truth my lord it is no less and for your part some hasty wind of chance hath blown you hither thus upon the sudden my lord to break off further circumstances for at this time i cannot brook delays tell me your reason i will tell you mine in faith content and therefore to be brief for i am sure my haste as great as yours i am sent for to come unto king lear who by these present letters promiseth his eldest daughter lovely goneril to me in marriage and for present dowry the moiety or half his regiment the lady's love i long ago possessed but until now i never had the father's you tell me wonders yet i will relate strange news and henceforth we must brothers call witness these lines his honourable age being weary of the troubles of his crown his princely daughter ragan will bestow on me in marriage with half his seigneuries whom i would gladly have accepted of with the third part her compliments are such if i have one half and you have the other then between us we must needs have the whole the whole how mean you that s'blood i hope we shall have two holes between us <laughs> why the whole kingdom ay that's very true what then is left for his third daughter's dowry lovely cordella whom the world admires tis very strange i know not what to think unless they mean to make a nun of her twere pity such rare beauty should be hid within the compass of a cloister's wall but howsoe'er if lear's words prove true it will be good my lord for me and you then let us haste all danger to prevent for fear delays do alter his intent exeunt act two scene three a room in king lear's palace enter goneril and ragan sister when did you see cordella last that pretty piece that thinks none good enough to speak to her because sir reverence she hath a little beauty extraordinary since time my father warned her from his presence i never saw her that i can remember god give her joy of her surpassing beauty i think her dowry will be small enough i have incensed my father so against her as he will never be reclaimed again i was not much behind to do the like faith sister what moves you to bear her such good will in truth i think the same that moveth you 
because she doth surpass us both in beauty beshrew your fingers how right you can guess i tell you true it cuts me to the heart but we will keep her low enough i warrant and clip her wings for mounting up too high whoever hath her shall have a rich marriage of her she were right fit to make a parson's wife for they men say do love fair women well and many times do marry them with nothing with nothing marry god forbid why are there any such i mean no money i cry you mercy i mistook you much and she is far too stately for the church she'll lay her husband's benefice on her back even in one gown if she may have her will in faith poor soul i pity her a little which she were less fair or more fortunate well i think long until i see my morgan the gallant prince of cambria here arrive and so do i until the cornwall king present himself to consummate my joys peace here cometh my father enter lear perilous and others cease good my lords and soon not the reverse of censure which is now irrevocable we have dispatched letters of contract unto the kings of cambria and of cornwall our hand and seal will justify no less then do not so dishonour me my lords as to make shipwreck of your kingly word i am as kind as is the pelican that kills itself to save her young ones lives and yet as jealous as the princely eagle that kills her young ones if they do but dazzle upon the radiant splendour of the sun within these two days i expect their coming enter kings of cornwall and cambria but in good time they are arrived already this haste of yours my lords doth testify the fervent love you bear unto my daughters and think yourselves as welcome to king lear as ever priam's children were to him my gracious lord and father too i hope pardon for that i made no greater haste but were my horse as swift as were my will i long ere this had seen your majesty no other excuse of absence can i frame than what my brother hath informed your grace for our undeserved welcome we do vow perpetually to rest at your command but you sweet love illustrious goneril the regent and the sovereign of my soul is cornwell welcome to your excellency as welcome as leander was to hero or brave aeneas to the carthage queen so and more welcome is your grace to me o oh, may my fortune prove no worse than his since heavens do know my fancy is as much dear ragan say if welcome unto thee all welcomes else will little comfort me as gold is welcome to the covetous eye as sleep is welcome to the traveller as is fresh water to the sea-beaten men or moistened showers unto the parched ground or anything more welcomer than this so and more welcome lovely morgan is what resteth then but that we consummate the celebration of these nuptial rites my kingdom i do equally divide princes draw lots and take your chance as falls then they draw lots these i resign as freely unto you as erst by true succession they were mine and here i do freely dispossess myself and make you two my true adopted heirs myself will sojourn with my son of cornwall and take me to my prayers and my beads 
i know my daughter regan will be sorry because i do not spend my days with her would i were able to be with both at once they are the kindest girls in christendom i have been silent all this while my lord to see if any worthier than myself would once have spoke in poor cordelia's cause but love or fear ties silence to their tongues oh hear me speak for her my gracious lord whose deeds have not deserved this ruthless doom as thus to disinherit her of all urge this no more and if thou love thy life i say she is no daughter that doth scorn to tell her father how she loveth him whoever speaketh hereof to me again i will esteem him for my mortal foe come let us in to celebrate with joy the happy nuptials of these lovely pairs exeunt omnes manet perilous ah who so blind as they that will not see the near approach of their own misery poor lady i extremely pity her and whilst i live each drop of my heart blood will i strain forth to do her any good exit act two scene four the open country in britain enter the galleon king and mumford disguised like pilgrims my lord how do you brook this british air my lord i told you of this foolish humour and bound you to the contrary you know pardon me for once my lord i did forget my lord again then let's have nothing else and so be ta'en for spies and then tis well spoons i could bite my tongue in two for anger for god's sake name yourself some proper name call me tresillus i'll call thee denipol might i be made the monarch of the world i could not hit upon these names i swear then call me will i'll call thee jack well be it so for i have well deserved to be called jack stand close for here a british lady cometh enter cordella a fairer creature ne'er mine eyes beheld this is a day of joy unto my sisters wherein they both are married unto kings and i by birth as worthy as themselves am turned into the world to seek my fortune how may i blame the fickle queen of chance that maketh me a pattern of her power oh, poor weak maid whose imbecility is far unable to endure these brunts o oh, father lear how dost thou wrong thy child who always was obedient to thy will but why accuse i fortune and my father no no it is the pleasure of my god and i do willingly embrace the rod it is no goddess for she doth complain on fortune and the unkindness of her father these costly robes ill-fitting my estate i will exchange for other meaner habit now if i had a kingdom in my hands i would exchange it for a milkmaid's smock and petticoat that she and i might shift our clothes together i will betake me to my thread and needle and earn my living with my fingers ends o oh, brave god willing thou shalt have my custom by sweet saint denis for here i sadly swear for all the shirts and night-gear that i wear i will profess and vow a maiden's life then i protest thou shalt not have my custom i can forbear no longer for to speak for if i do i think my heart will break but blood will i hope you are not in love with my sempster i am in such a labyrinth of love as that i know not which way to get out you'll ne'er get out unless you first get in i prithee jack cross not my passions prithee will to her and try her patience 
thou fairest creature whatsoe'er thou art that ever any mortal eyes beheld vouchsafe to me who have o'erheard thy woes to show the cause of these thy sad laments ah pilgrims what avails to show the cause when there's no means to find a remedy to utter grief doth ease a heart o'ercharged to touch a sore doth aggravate the pain the silly mouse by virtue of her teeth released the princely lion from the net kind palmer which so much desirous to hear the tragic tale of my unhappy youth know this in brief i am the hapless daughter of lear sometime king of brittany why who debars his honourable age from being still the king of brittany none but himself hath dispossessed himself and given all his kingdom unto the kings of cornwall and of cambria with my sisters hath he given nothing to your lovely self he loved me not and therefore gave me nothing only because i could not flatter him and in this day of triumph to my sisters doth fortune triumph in my overthrow sweet lady say there should come a king as good as either of your sisters husbands to crave your love would you accept of him oh do not mock with those in misery nor do not think though fortune have the power to spoil mine honour and debase my state that she hath any interest in my mind for if the greatest monarch on earth should sue to me in this extremity except my heart could love and heart could like better than any i ever saw his great estate no more should move my mind than mountains move by the blast of every wind think not sweet nymph tis holy palmer's guise to grieved souls fresh torments to devise therefore in witness of my true intent let heaven and earth bear record of my words there is a young and lusty gallian king so like to me as i am to myself that earnestly doth crave to have thy love and join with thee in hymen's sacred bonds the like to thee did ne'er these eyes behold o oh, live to add new torments to my grief why didst thou thus entrap me unawares ah palmer my estate doth not befit a kingly marriage as the case now stands whilom when as i lived in honour's height a prince perhaps might postulate my love now misery dishonour and disgrace have light on me and quite reversed the case thy king will hold thee wise if thou surcease this suit whereas no dowry will ensue then be advised palmer what to do cease for thy king and seek for thyself to woo your birth's too high for any but a king my mind is low enough to love a palmer rather than any king upon the earth oh but you never can endure their life which is so straight and full of penury oh yes i can and happy if i might i'll hold thy palmer's staff within my hand and think it is the sceptre of a queen some time i'll set thy bonnet on my head and think i wear a rich imperial crown some time i'll help thee in thy holy prayers and think i am with thee in paradise thus i'll mock fortune as she mocketh me and never will my lovely choice repent for having thee i shall have all content twere sin to hold her longer in suspense since that my soul hath vowed she shall be mine ah dear cordella cordial to my heart i am no palmer as i seem to be but hither come in this unknown disguise to view the admired beauty of those eyes 
I am the king of Gallia, gentle maid, although thus slenderly accompanied, and yet thy vassal by imperious love, and sworn to serve thee everlastingly. Whate'er ye be, of high or low descent, all's one to me. I do request but this, that as I am you will accept of me, and I will have you whatsoe'er you be. Yet well I know you come of royal race, I see such sparks of honour in your face. Have Palmer's weeds such power to win, fair ladies? Faith, then I hope the next that falls is mine. Upon condition I no worse might speed, I would for ever wear a Palmer's weed. I like an honest and plain-dealing wench, that swears without exceptions, I will have you. These foppets, that know not whether to love a man or no, except they first go ask their mother's leave. By this hand I hate them ten times worse than poison. What resteth then our happiness to procure? Faith, go to church to make the matter sure. It shall be so, because the world shall say, King Lear's three daughters were wedded in one day. The celebration of this happy chance, we will defer until we come to France. I like the wooing that's not long a doing. Well, for her sake, I know what I know. I'll never marry whilst I live, except I have one of these British ladies. My humour is alienated from the maids of France. Exeunt. End of Act Two.